to uh, interrupt your uh, conversations. <clears throat> you know, sometimes, sometimes as Jesus followers, if we're trying to follow Jesus, then that makes us weird. Yeah, I just called you weird. Called myself weird too. But it, because if we truly believe that eternal life is real, that God is real, and, and we can live with God in this life and the life to come, and then we live like that is true, then it'll make us look weird. And it's something that we have to recognize. Because, as we'll see in our passage, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they were trying to not look weird. They, they, were, they were trying um, to, to be like the others, to, to find ways to communicate and, and to, to believe things that would be more acceptable in the world around them. But we'll find that as we believe that eternal life is real, we believe that God is real, and that we can live with God in this life and the life to come, then, and then we really live that way, that will look weird. Passage is in Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse uh, 23. And, and this is part of a, a collection of, of teachings and interactions that Jesus has with the religious leaders of the day, the pastors and chief elders of his day. And, and there, uh, Jesus is um, talking to those religious leaders because they, they are leading, in a sense, a church that is dead. And he corrects them, and in his correction, then he teaches us what does it mean to be a church that is alive. If, if these religious leaders had God right in front of them and they missed it, not only did they miss it, they were opposing him, then we need to learn from their mistakes and hear what Jesus is telling them so that we too will be a, a living collection of Jesus' followers, that we will be a living church. So, um, this is one of those uh, times that Jesus is interacting with these religious leaders, and we'll start with verse uh, 23. It's on page 804 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Uh, let's, let's pray. Father, we, we give ourselves to you. We pray your Holy Spirit will open our eyes, will, will open our soul, will help us to hear from you and receive you, and, and you'll open our hands and Lead our feet so that we will do and go where you've called us to. Wherever, however you've called us and wherever you've called us to be weird. If that's what it takes to follow you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Verse 23. The same day some Sadducees came to him saying, There is no resurrection. And they asked him a question saying, Teacher, Moses said if a man dies childless, his brother shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died childless, leaving the widow to his brother. The second did the same. So also the third, down to the seventh, 
Last of all, the woman herself died. In the resurrection then, whose wife of the seven will she be? For all of them had married her. Now, uh, we'll read the rest of the passage in a minute, but just so you get a sense of what's going on with the, the, the Sadducees here. You know, they, they didn't want to be weird. They, they wanted to have beliefs that were, you know, intellectually and culturally acceptable in their circles, you know. And the resurrection wasn't one that was highly valued in, in their particular world, and so they didn't believe that people were raised from the dead. And so they're trying to catch Jesus trying to, to trick him. There's a little bit of a note here. Recognize the dead church doesn't, fall, doesn't come to Jesus and listen and follow. The dead church tries to um, make Jesus' words say what they want them to say instead of really hearing him for what he says and, and following him. But that's, that's an aside. That's free. Um, but So they, they then are saying to him, we don't believe in the resurrection, so we're going to trick Jesus. We're going to catch him in this. So there, it was um, one of Moses' laws was leveret marriage is what it's called. And it means that if you were the woman married the, one of the sons and they didn't have uh, a ch- any children, well then it would be her um, dead husband's brother's responsibility to marry her. And it was so as a woman in that day you wouldn't be uh, left um, as a widow without any means of support. It was a way to protect her and care for her. And so they're, they're saying... Uh, let's say that happens seven times. One, you've got to pray for the woman. I mean, what's poor gal? Wrong family to marry into. Um, but so she's married you know, to all of the brothers. And so what happens when, in this resurrection, what happens who she married to um, in heaven? So that's the question that, that Jesus um, is, is left with and how the Sadducees are trying to, to trick them and how they're trying to make real what they hold um, to be true. Um, what they believe to be culturally relevant and intellectually accepts, acceptable. So, it's all in their desire to not be weird. So Jesus then answered them. You are wrong because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is God, not of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astounded at his teachings. So if God is real, if heaven is real, if our, our lives are, live according to that reality, if we're going to be a living church, living with God into that reality, then that will mean at times we, unlike the Sadducees, have to be weird in the eyes of the world. Because we're living according to a different reality. We're living according to the, to the ways of God. We're living according to the ways of heaven. And that doesn't look normal in the eyes of the world. See, Jesus said the ways of heaven then are to be the ways we live on earth. So he said that means then that you're going to love your enemy. 
The, the people that hate you, the people that harm you, the people that say bad things about you, you're going to then act in such a way to bless them. That's weird. I mean, that's the way of heaven. And if, if we truly believe that eternal life is real, that God is real, that heaven is real, the eternal life, then that means we're going to be walking in that way. We're going to be seeking to live that way, to, to love our enemies. It means we're going to forgive. Seventy times seven, Jesus tells Peter one time. Yeah, that's weird in the eyes of the world. We understand what God, how, that God created sexuality to be enjoyed between a man and a woman in marriage. And even if we enjoy outside, sex outside of that, even in our head, in lust, Jesus tells us, well, that's committing adultery too. Yeah. That's weird in our world. We believe and understand that, that God said this, this is the way, this is the order that you should live in, in your relationships with a, a member of the opposite sex, that a man and a woman, they, they fall in love. That then they get married. Then they move in together. Then they have children. That's the order that God has designed for us. That's weird in the ways and the eyes of the world. We understand that, that nothing truly belongs to us. That money and time, that even our very life is not ours. But it is a gift from God entrusted to our care. That we're to be stewards of that in, in such a way that, that maximize God's glory. That further the work of His kingdom. That it is not mine. It is God's that is entrusted to my care. And so therefore, we are generous with our money and with our time. We're, as we've been talking the last couple of Sundays, you know, with, with our money, that means that we, we seek to give 10% of the income that God has given us back to the work of God's church. That's weird. I mean... Your average human being in the United States of America gives a little more than 1% of their income away to anything. So for a people to say heaven is real, God is real, eternal life is real, we're going to live that way, and that means we give 10%? That's weird. And, it's, and we give our time away, we, we give our lives away, because what we know is that the Jesus that we follow, the one who, who came among us as God in the flesh, who, who lived for us, who died for us, who was raised for us, showing us the way of resurrection, He's the one that taught us, that said, if you really want to live, then you give your life away. That's not what the world teaches us, but that's what He teaches us. That's what the way of eternal life is. And so we give our lives away in our time and energy you know, for the benefit of others. It's why as a church, in a sense, you could say, you know, well, we want to be a church without walls. And we pray that regularly. Well, it's like saying, well, you want to be a weird church, don't you? Yeah, we want to be. If that's what weird is, let's be weird. 
And let's connect with one another in Jesus no matter our differences. That doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. When you bring people together of different race and ethnicity and different economic background, different country of origin, and you are one in Christ, that's weird in the eyes of the world. And that, as we just said, you serve like Jesus no matter the cost. That you, you take energy and resource and you put it so that you can bless those outside of your membership. That's unlike most clubs and groups in our world. And then finally we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate in Jesus no matter the issues of our lives, no matter our circumstances, because we know that the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We know that heaven is real, eternal life is real, God is real, and we want to live that out in our lives. I don't know if you've been on, uh, if you stay on Facebook or any blog for any period of time, all of a sudden, man, all kinds of hate and anger and ill will come flying out. We say we want to celebrate Jesus no matter the circumstances. Even as we gather today at the, and we remember those that have died, that have gone before us, through the grief and loss and through the tears, we rejoice because we believe that eternal life is real and those that have gone before us are with their Maker now face to face. We live like God is real. We live as eternal life is real. We live those out and it might, unlike the Sadducees, make us look weird. And the biggest reason that the religious leaders in Jesus' day didn't want to be weird, Jesus goes right to the core of their issues. They really didn't know the scriptures and they didn't believe in the power of God in their lives. I mean, this I think is one of the most damning statements to religious people in all of the scriptures when they ask Jesus this question and then Jesus tells them, you know, you're wrong. I don't know where you got this notion. I don't know where you got this notion. There's no such thing as the resurrection because you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Yeah, who led you astray? How did you get so off base? And he answers their question about heaven. And he answers it with the power of God. And how their imagination has totally lost in the sense of the very power of God. Because the living church, the living church trusts in the miraculous power of God. And this is what, what he tells them. He says, you, you guys think heaven is just earth on steroids or something. You, know, you just think that, that heaven is earth with no pain. No. You know, heaven is, is totally 
beyond what we can even imagine on earth. This is, this is the, the, the place where all of God's people gather before God unhindered, without anything in between us, where the lens with which we see so dimly now is removed and we see the beauty of God, the Creator, without anything in between us and Him. And so it's beyond our capacity even to grasp what that would look like. That the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the wind that blows through God's people will be coming through with hurricane force incessantly. That's the power of God's Spirit. And we will be overwhelmed. What we've just been singing about is the love of Jesus Christ that will fill our heart, fill our soul and mind beyond what you can imagine. I mean, it's the place where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. I mean, it's upside down different than what you're expecting or realizing. It will be much greater than you can imagine. And the joy and pleasure of being in the presence of God will so overwhelm you that the things that we've set up on earth will be gone. Because we will be with our Creator forever. You've missed out, he tells them. On understanding the power, the beauty, the wonder, the glory of God. And you're looking at heaven through earthly eyes. One of the ways, being weird, is to trust in the miraculous power of God. And to, to, un, to begin to grasp what that means. So I asked one of my favorite fellow weirdos to come share a story. So Bev uh, Graves, I asked you to come and just share a story. Bev's the director of Feast of Love and wanted just to ask her to just share, why don't you just share the first one, okay, okay? Um, with us. I mean, she's got a, a, a bunch. You can read her book when she writes it later or catch her, she'll share later, but go ahead. I, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in a small group, and we'd gotten finished with our uh, devotion time, and uh, we'd asked for a prayer. The, the leader had asked for prayers, and one of the ladies <clears throat> asked for prayer on, because she didn't know how she was going to pay her mortgage. And she was just, she was really upset, and, and I was just sitting there, and I heard God say, you're going to pay her mortgage. And I thought, yeah, right, God, because, you know, I don't have much money, you know, God, I don't have much money. He said, you're going to pay her mortgage. But all right. So I looked at her and I said, I want to pay your mortgage. God told me I'm going to pay your mortgage. She said, no, he didn't. I said, yes, he did. She said, I can't let you pay my mortgage. No, no, no. Just, just pray that God will provide. So I said, okay. <laughs> so I said, okay. I said, okay. Now I'm going to write down a number. And if that's the number of your mortgage, then you have to let me pay your mortgage. She said, okay. So I wrote down the number 535 passed it over to her, and she started crying. She said, my mortgage is $534.88, and I always round it to $535. So, so needless to say, I got to pay her mortgage, and about, I don't know, four years later, we, she called, and she said, hey, I'd just like to get together, and hey, how about let's go to dinner, and I said, okay, that sounds fun. So we sat down. And she slides a check across to me. And I open it and look at it, and it was $2,000. And she said, I just felt like God was asking me to give you this money, to pay you back. She said, I don't know what it's for. And I said, 
I have a bill that's $1,990 that I didn't know how I was going to pay. And I had ten left on $10 left over to play with. So God is good. He loves us so much that he does that. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, that's a weird story, isn't it? But that's the, the power of God that as it worked, that we can't put, we can't explain, we can't describe that, we, we can't predict it. But that is what Jesus was telling those religious leaders of the day. Man, you, you've gotten too stuck, you've forgotten the awesome power of God that is at work in your midst. And then the second thing that he tells them is, and you haven't, you don't know his word either. And he, he tells him, he look, look at what God says. And he quotes from when God's speaking to Moses. He says, God, he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, when he was telling that to Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were long ago dead in terms of their earthly existence. And he says, I, I am their God. And Jesus tells him, you know, God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are living in the reality and power of the resurrection. The, the living church knows God's power, lives into God's power, and, and lives according to God's Word. Now that, that power is alive in you and me, and it is so great that it is continuing to be at work to change us, to make us, in the eyes of the world, at sometimes weird To make us loving, forgiving, generous, patient, honest, just, and joyful. I'm wondering if you're struggling in some way because God's, He's nodding to you. He's he's prodding you to take a stand. And, And that stand may be weird to you and even to others around you. He's calling you to love your enemy. And you don't want to. Other people will say you're, you're weird, but he's, he's calling you to do that. He's calling you at this stage in your life to go back to school. You know, to, to take a risk. You know, and that just looks weird to a lot of people. He's telling you, you know, don't give up. Don't give up on your marriage. Continue to work on it. His power is that great. He may be calling you to step forward and admit your sin and to seek help. Uh, you know, everybody knows, man, you try to hide those things. You don't admit it. He may be telling you to stop spending your money on something. Because you've got other places that it needs to be given. He, he may be telling you to stop having sex with the one who's not your husband or wife. He may, he may be telling you to tell the truth in a situation. And it may be those situations make you uncomfortable or weird. But it's what the power of God is leading you to do and what you know His Word is calling you to do. It may be a, a challenge for you is a way that, not unlike the Sadducees, you're not trying to trick Jesus, but you're wanting to follow Him even though it makes you uncomfortable, makes you take a risks, makes you feel weird.
question, for, for discussion today and this week. How are you weird because of God's word and God's power at work in you? How are you weird because of God's word and God's power at work in you? Now, I realize fully well that weird, weird is as weird does, you know, or weird is in the eye of the beholder. You know, it, it, weird from the perspective of the world, but from the perspective, God bless you, from the perspective of God, it's beautiful. Today, we do something that the world might say, that's weird. I mean, if they've died, you've had the funeral, then, you know, let them go. You know, that's enough grief and pain. No, we gather at this time to remember those in the last year that have gone before us because we, we grieve and loss. We don't run from that grief and that, that loss because we grieve and loss as those who have hope. Those that, that believe in the power of God and believe in His Word and want to, to act in that way. And through, through the tears, through the grief and through the loss, we celebrate. We can still sing. Because of the sure and certain hope of the power of the resurrection that God's word tells us about and that Jesus has shown us in his own resurrection and the power of Almighty to raise us from the dead. Even as a witness to that resurrection, you know, I <clears throat> was previewing, reviewing, reading a book review on this book by Timothy Larson called The Crisis of Doubt. And what this guy did was he studied um, uh, people who were intellectuals in the 19th century that, that converted to Christianity, and he wanted to know why. And one of the most common reasons that these folks converted to Christianity, that they came to follow Jesus, is because he saw that they would see how the church would handle death. And that they handled it weirdly, differently from the rest of the world. They didn't run from it. They they didn't run away from it. They weren't scared of it. They cried. They They were weeping. But they were still filled with hope. Because they lived as those who knew eternal life was real. That God's word and God's power were real. And it was a witness to the world. So we, we gather at this time as well, knowing eternal life is real. We remember and give thanks to God for those that have gone before us. And we celebrate their movement into the full presence of their Creator. And we celebrate for them. Amen.